friends, patriots, gamers. We are gathered here today to affirm the dire straits that our community is facing. The world of board games is in crisis. Thousands of unplayed games are gathering dust on shelves all around the world. Hundreds of burgeoning designers are sat with paper prototypes, waiting for calls that will never come. And dozens of playgroups are failing to find a good time to meet. How's Tuesday? I can't do Tuesday. Perhaps over the weekend? Kevin's at a wedding. Damn it, Kevin. Enough is enough. With the power invested in me by the cardboard authorities of the world, I am initiating Operation Tree Pod. <laughs> yes, I know, it's a drastic course of action. But that's what we need right now. Something new. Something the world has never seen before. Something completely original. More than ever, what the world needs right now is another board games podcast let's go live from the treehouse board game cafe in sheffield uk you're listening to the treehouse podcast i'm patrick Lickman. i'm matt turner and our guest today is treehouse game guru jenny garner today on the show we share our thoughts on bunny kingdom we have some tips for bringing people into the board gaming hobby and we debate the efficiency of a holy quilt in patchwork that's all this week on the Treehouse Podcast. Hello! Hi. Welcome to the first ever Treehouse Podcast. We are very excited to be doing the, the very first one of these. We've been talking about this for a long, long time. Yeah, we we think that the, the place we work, the Treehouse Board Game Cafe in Sheffield in mm. the UK, mm. is a cool place to work and to be. Yes. And therefore, we thought we'd do a podcast given that some of us have podcasting experience right uh, yeah. we do we do a podcast about it because you know it's a it's a fun topic yeah absolutely so on this show we're going to be talking about the treehouse about events that are that are going on there stuff we've been up to but we're also going to be talking about games generally and applying the the, the knowledge that we've got uh, and the enthusiasm that we've got for games um to a room with microphones yes, yes. That, and, and hopefully some ears mm. first of all we're going to talk uh, about the last month that we've just had at the treehouse uh, give you a quick recap on the kind of stuff that we've been up to um first of all jenny we had our first rainbow gamers event right yeah what I was that we did yes it's, it's it's an evening for people in the lgbtq community uh to come and play some games and hang out with other folks in the community and have a nice a nice good place to drink some lovely teas and play some fun fun games yeah it was super chilled out yeah. super um like a one of our more casual events yeah although i there was the uh, i certainly saw a decent turnout oh yeah absolutely we were not expecting quite as many people to, yeah, to show up. yeah we had a, a little over 30 people uh, yeah. show up for, for the very first event which we, is amazing yeah which we, bodes well um and uh, yeah great success for that one yeah absolutely the next thing i want to talk about for the recap is the the new worlds uh, the, the role-playing uh, that we 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 have been doing the role-playing events we've been doing over the course of the last month and mm. and and previous to that uh, we the new world was essentially uh, a chance for um, our uh, burgeoning role-playing community yeah. to uh, to get involved uh, in the other other games other than Dungeons and Dragons. I yeah, think. we, we yeah. started with D and D, and and we we thought we might expand because there's loads of different genres and and, and systems and, and different kinds of stories to tell. Yes, so we have uh, Tales from the Loop. Um, Tales from the Loop is uh, uh, Modiphius, I think. 
uh, it's a really interesting they have accents literally everywhere on that word yeah. um, so it's really <laughs> difficult to figure out how to pronounce the word um, is 80% umlaut yeah <laughs> pretty much um, but yeah I'm pretty sure it's Modifius um, uh, Games and they produce Tales from the Loop if you like uh, what's it called Stranger Things if you like the Goonies and that kind of thing it is kids uh, and teens exploring a, a, a semi-dangerous landscape where there are things afoot yeah it's kind of a sci-fi adventure but from the perspective of teens Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and you're running your own game as well as part of as part of New World. So you're doing Blades in the Dark. I am indeed. Blades in the Dark is a uh, is a funny old uh, game. It is uh, <laughs> sort of a, a a game about scoundrels and rogues um, in a haunted industrial fantasy world, uh, kind of place where you everyone's kind of hemmed into cities because everywhere else is haunted, right? Um, as well as the city, but less so. Um, and uh, you kind of. Uh, therefore, the resources and space are scarce, so you're in, in this city all the time, uh, and you uh, play as scoundrels trying to uh, take what should rightfully be yours. The, the great fun of New World is finding out those different stories and, 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 and helping people to, to break aside from the D&D landscape. Yeah, I think it's nice to give everyone a, a bit of a different world to play around in and learn some different systems and stuff. It's a daunting thing to get into, especially by yourself. Speaking of daunting things that are that are hard to get into on your own, mm. um, uh, the third event that we're, we're recapping is our, our Magic the Gathering drafts. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we had our, our third draft, which was the set Unstable. We've been slowly bringing together a, a Magic community. We've been doing drafts. Uh, magic draft is my favourite way to play Magic, and I was lucky enough to take part in the, in the Unstable draft. Um, and it was ridiculous. Uh, it was <laughs> unstable. Is not a normal set of magic. It's a, it's a silver bordered set, Ooh. which means that none of the cards are, are legal in tournaments. You can't play them really anywhere else. Oh, they're like uh, count, not counterfeit. Not um, quite contraband. Count- contraband. <laughs> contraband. <laughs> they are. It, well, if you tried to sneak them into a tournament, yes, they would be contraband. Um, Just paint the borders. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, nobody would notice except when you're throwing your cards halfway across the table <laughs> and that's a legal move because all of these cards are silly uh, not not at all serious ways of, of, of playing magic so there are there are cards that like make other people outside the game take part and make choices for you and, and, and things like that that sounds like I, my I did, kind of magic I did get flagged down for a high five at one point uh, it was a night of chaos it was really really silly uh, but a whole lot of fun all right, should we move on to our, our first topic? I think so. That's thing that's, uh, the recap's done. We're going to talk about one of the new games that's uh, landed on our shelves this month. I'm very excited yes. to talk about Bunny Kingdom. Bunny oh, yes. Kingdom. From the Garth Meyer himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bunny Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Bunny Kingdom is a, a new-ish board game uh, by Richard Garfield. Designer of Magic the Gathering, which we were just talking about, as well as a whole bunch of other things. Netrunner, Keyforge, uh, King of Tokyo, King of New York. Uh, he's a really prolific uh, game designer. A very busy yes. boy. But this is one of his newest offerings. It is an area control uh, card drafting game in which you play the parts of a bunny lord. Bunch of rabbits. A, bun- a whole bunch of rabbits. It's real good. <laughs> Uh, and cute you, boys. Yeah, li- you've got these little tiny bunny figurines in your in your color. They're absolutely adorable. Mm-hmm. And you play cards that relate to coordinates on this uh, this map. This this lovely strange drafted battleships. Yeah, yes. it's, it's like uh, you've got these coordinates, letters and numbers and things, and you're you're trying to uh, uh, essentially connect up big 
clumps of, of your own bunnies yeah. uh, to try and uh, capture as many resources as possible as well as these cities. Sure, and if there's only one card in the pack per uh, grid reference. Yes. So uh, in the in the game per grid reference, meaning you're never like supplanting each other, you're right. always just taking unclaimed territory. Yeah, when I say it's area control, it's not in any way like a, a war game. There's, there's no combat. There's yeah. almost no direct uh, it, like interaction between players with the important exception of the drafting, yeah. uh, which is, of course, incredibly interactive. When you're drafting, you uh, have a hand of cards. You'll pick one. In, in Bunny Kingdom, you choose two. Uh, you, so you pick two of them. Uh, you play those cards. And then the cards that you didn't play, the, the ones that were left in your hand, you pass to the person next to you. And then uh, receiving a pack from the person on the other side of you, uh, all, all the cards basically in a circle go around and, and, and take it in turns to, to get picked. Until they're all gone. Until they're all gone. Exactly. Yeah. The thing is, all the cards are positive. Yes. You know, you always get something out of each card. Whether or not you turn it to your advantage is up to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying, there is no real conflict in this game. You don't right. supplant your, uh, each other's bunnies. You don't sort of, like, uh, fight and, and, and there's not yeah. uh, not so much a, a land uh, a battle for land as a, a land grab. Mm. Yeah, it's not um, aggressive. It, it seems like it's, it's fairly well themed to bunnies because... Yeah. They just pop up everywhere. Yeah, they just uh. expand, and the game, uh, the game scoring system, you you, you score uh, at the end of each of the four rounds of the game, and it's hilarious watching uh, the first scoring round because you score one, two, maybe three points if you're really good at the game, mm. and then you look at the scoreboard and it goes up to a hundred and beyond, yeah. uh, and you go. I just scored three points and we're, we're a quarter of the way through the game and then at the end of the second round you see how everything is completely exploded and you go oh I yeah. see I see yeah. how that works and, and so yeah bunnies are a great theme for it yes absolutely mm. especially because they just pop out of nowhere yes. it's not like you're pushing a front or anything mm. you're trying to sometimes you, you obviously because you have no choice of what card you're going to get in your hand you're going to have one and you're like I'm building my big kingdom here and then suddenly you've got a bunny on the opposite corner who's yeah. behind all your uh, your opponents and you're going on this epic quest to try and join join up the dots in like some kind of weird tack game. yeah this guy is mm. sitting over here and he's like come and get me please <laughs> <laughs> um, I what I really like about it is the lack of conflict. Mm. Um, I don't get too excited about conflict in area control games. Yeah. Uh, you know, your, your Cyclades, your, your uh, Kemets and that sort of thing. Right. But what I, uh, what I really do love doing is sabotaging other people's plans. <laughs> mm. uh, which, which you can do plenty of in drafting. Yeah. Because yes. you look at a hand of cards, you go, ah... I've got a card that Jenny really wants, but yeah. once I finish playing these, I'm going to be passing them to Jenny. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can take out the ones that you want and, you know, put a block in that line they're trying to draw between their two two bunny kingdoms. Yeah, yeah cut someone off straight away. So I really, really enjoyed that. Now, you, you played it for the first time basically yes. just now. What did you think of it? I really liked it. I like sort of pattern-based things. Yeah. Uh, so things like Sagrada as well, where you have to kind of like at random pick stuff and fit it into the thing you're trying to do. I thought it was uh, very sort of endearing straight away. Like oh, the yeah. artwork and stuff is just like, you could look at every single card and be like, look at this little bunny, this yeah. little mermaid bunny. The, the, the art these is, big abs. The art is completely adorable. It's really it's, good. It's really it's cool got... and endearing, but it's not like annoying yeah. in a way. So you're not like, oh good, another cute bunny. Yeah. That's when, the thing. It's when, like, when... oh. 
So this game, uh, the the concept of this game is about 10 years old, like before it got published. Oh, really? Yeah, Garfield made it a long, long time ago. Mm. But he originally had a dwarven theme to it. You were oh. dwarves spreading across this board. Yeah. And elements of that are still present in the game. There are these mountains uh, which you try and build like uh, giant cities on top of. And they, they do look slightly dwarven in, yeah. in, in their construction. Mm. But when he brought it to the publishers, they said, uh, well, we could you know, change this to bunnies. And he thought, well, that's a little bit kind of childish, isn't it? It's not exactly, uh, are people going to take the game seriously? Yeah. Uh, But then he saw the illustrations uh, uh, that that they did for him and and was immediately on board. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, that that sold him on the game. And I think Uh, think dwarves lend themselves a little more to sort of push out one front. This leads into something I I wanted to say, which was the drafting. Throws you for a loop. You can't just push that one front. You've got Mm -hmm. to, you've got to figure out what you're doing with that round random bloke over there yeah um so what it means is you have to adapt your strategy constantly there are also these parchments that basically change the entire game change your entire scoring strategy they're, they're secret, yeah. secret objectives that give you bonus points at the end of the game but um at least in my experience those points are often more than half of the points that you'll actually gain oh, over, yeah. over the course easily of the game. Yeah. yeah i must have like over a hundred mm-hmm Definitely. Just for those like final parchments. Yeah. And another example yeah. why, why drafting is incredible. I see a parchment that I don't want. I pass those cards around. A couple turns later, when that same hand of cards comes back to me, the parchment's gone. Mm-hmm. One of you two has it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who's going for that objective now? And then you're and then you're keeping an eye. Oh, oh, uh, Matt's taking a mountain. Maybe he's got the uh, mm-hmm. the the mountain king card there. Jenny's Jenny's uh, monopolizing fish. Um, definitely recommend giving it a try. Mm. Um, it fits well within a, a stay at the cafe. So uh, uh, really yeah. good fun for uh, two to four players. Great. So we're going to move on to our next thing, Matt. Right? Uh, yes. Our topic of the month, uh, which is uh, this week, gateway teaching. Um, you've all heard of gateway games, the the games that get you into gaming. In the cafe, we are privy to a lot of those, uh, a lot of people's first games. Oh, so many, so mm. many, so many people. Because, of course, part of our job is is um, recommending games to people, giving giving them advice on on uh, what what they might like to play yeah. and find the right game. Yeah. But it's even harder when you've got a group of people who just don't play games that often yeah right they're, they're not gamers and mm-hmm. that is a a big chunk of our market i think i think it's a, it's a big chunk of the world and mm-hmm. you as a, to you as a gamer it might be a big chunk of your friends and family yeah that there are kind of hints and tips we might have picked up to try and get people into a more uh interesting game than they would have previously picked we yeah. often see people uh come in and uh, immediately default to guess who and uh, games they played in their youth Jenga. um Mon- monopoly, monopoly risk even uh you know the the games that you may well have had uh good experiences but it, it they don't always lend themselves to fantastic cafe experiences, and they mm. don't. All, for, it's particularly in risk because you never get it finished. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> it makes perfect sense that they would pick up a game that they know that that's just human nature. Yeah, it's just you. You see a thing that you recognise among a sea of things that you don't. A whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and you go right. Well, that, that's that's one I know. Let's do it. We can yeah. get that done, and then we don't have to bother, you know, uh, learning a new thing. It's just mm-hmm. going to be just going to be easier for us, and and we we will have fun because I remember having fun with that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, like a nice a nice nostalgia feel where you're like, I haven't played this game for ages. Yeah, I sometimes try to to steer them away, but if that's what they're going to play, is what gonna, they're going to play. We we can't control everybody in the cafe. That's that's <laughs> not what we're for. And also, people but, get get different things out of different stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But my my what I always think about is is when those people leave mm. have they had an experience that they couldn't have somewhere else 
Exactly. Mm. And often the answer is no if they're picking up the, the games that they maybe already have at home or, or, or that they could really easily buy, right? We, yeah. You do not have to come to our cafe and, and pay five pounds for, for a table to, to, to sit down and, and, and play. So I, but I think we're preaching to the choir here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think if you're listening to this podcast, it's likely that you are yeah. on that train. Yeah. Um, uh, you've got a ticket to ride. So, um, <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> so, game choice is absolutely imperative. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to introduce someone to uh, a game where they're going to have to think and strategize and potentially, um, you know, have a great deal of fun because they're applying themselves and, and getting something social out of it, potentially, you want to make sure that you are um, choosing the right game for them. The key factors to consider in this, in this case are, um, does it have a simple core mechanic? Yep. Because uh, there are a lot of games that come along and uh, rely on previous mechanics that you might have played. So, in a deck builder you uh, might need the, the fundamentals. If you're playing, t- introducing someone to Dominion, mm. they need to be taught the fundamentals of a deck builder. Having a simple core mm. mechanic like deck builders that they can learn, and that is the thing that they're learning, um, and then it's, it's, it's easy to grasp after that, right. yeah. um, is, is pretty important. Yeah, um, definitely. I always go for something like Crossing. It's, mm. it's, uh, it's anarchic, chaotic, has a social element. It's hilarious. A very, very simple core mechanic. Um, and uh, opens people's eyes to um, the different ways you can look at board games without just going roll a dice and move. If you've never played Crossing, it's a kind of prisoner's dilemma game in yeah. which you're you're uh, simultaneously pointing at these these mushrooms that have got shiny shiny gems on, and you want as many gems as possible. But if you and somebody else point at the same gem, neither of you get anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the game goes on, uh, like the different mushrooms will become more or less desirable. There's an element of bluffing where you're sort of trying to convince other people to to go somewhere else. And yeah. you steal from each other. Yeah. yeah. And it's got, it's, it's got that moment of catharsis where everybody points at the same time and you realise what you've done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, you know, those simple core mechanics I think are really great. Something that's been used as a, as a uh, gateway game for, for longer than I can, uh, than potentially I've known about the board game scene right. is Ticket to Ride. Yes, Ticket um, to Ride was my first game. It has a, a core mechanic at, at its very centre, which is, you know, you take cards and then you, you try and match them. Yeah. You're, you're matching colours. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you build something. You, you, get, to, you get to make a, a, a train route. Yes, like changing objectives, individual objectives, secret objectives. Yes. Uh, I love that for uh, this thing because even if you don't win the game, uh, if you've got something where you're constantly being shown whether you're winning or not, right? Um, you can get pushed out of this situation very, very quickly. Yeah, if yeah. you're really behind on a, on, a, on a score track and you go, well, there's no hope of me of me uh, winning this game, so I'm going to sit out the rest of it. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll pass my turn every, every time. I'll, I'll sit on my phone. Um, whereas if you've got a secret objective... Fulfilling that can be your goal, and yeah. you don't know whether you've won or lost. You're just having a good time right up to the very end when you find out when you win. Which Tickets yeah. Ride is perfect for because it has uh, the tickets, which are uh, uh, you, you're given two cities on the map, and you have to join them up. And uh, sometimes they can be big, big, big distances or, or quite small, mm-hmm. but you have a number of them, and you're just trying to uh, uh, match them up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone else got any tips for? Uh, gateway teaching, teaching gateway games? Well, um, I, uh, I like to look at what games they pick out. So quite often, like, a family will come in and pick Jenga out, and I'd be like, well, that's a fair game choice. Everyone likes Jenga. But how about Rhino Hero? Ooh. Very similar to Jenga, similar style of, like, you, you are building up a tower block 
out of card, basically folded pieces of card, yeah. and it, it, it can still topple, and there's still that like competitive thing. You have to pull out a little rhino character out of certain floors and put him onto other ones. Very, very precarious. A, a, it's quite a tactile game. Families who would go for Jenga uh, really like it, especially also because it's quiet. And constantly increasing tension is the, is yes, the big yeah. thing with Jenga, right? Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The huge distance between, it, oh my God, the teetering tower, and oh my God, it all fell down is a, is a big... Yeah. Um, it's it, a big deal. It's really good um, because especially it, it's a concept that people get instantly. It's a nice little theme because it's little superhero animals. It's very cute. Um, and once they've kind of tried this new one that looked a bit weird and daunting, they think, oh, well, if that one was really easy to pick up, the rest on the shelf are probably gonna be fine as well like yeah, probably, once not, probably not one, too bad it, it takes a little bit of the fear out of looking at new games yes. i think when you when you go for one that's really easy that's it you're, um, you're looking to change that perception between that's not a thing that i look at on the shelf to that is a thing i look at on the shelf so my next tip is definitely um if you are playing with your friends and family yeah don't be afraid to be the bad guy <laughs> um, that, this is my best tip. I uh, came up teaching games in uh, one of the games I, I don't play anymore, uh, which is Munchkin. Uh-huh. Oh uh, yeah, Steve Jackson game. The thing with Steve, ja- the thing with Munchkin is um, when you are, are with a bunch of people who are making absolutely rational decisions and trying to win, <laughs> the game isn't fun. No, that's yep. not how no, not how it's supposed to work. The best thing to do is, uh, and this can work in any game whatsoever, if you get a choice that can slightly hamper someone, let's say, <laughs> um, uh, and and uh, a choice not to, mm. the wise choice, if you're trying to win, is to not get the ire of someone on the table yeah. so that the rest of the game they're not trying to spite you. Yeah you'll, yeah, you'll be working as a team and then maybe you can help each other, you know, get to get to victory. You can have joint wins in Munchkin. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, I, what I'm saying is not just in Munchkin, but in everything. <laughs> do it. Do it. No matter do the it, game. Do it. No matter what the game is, no matter whether you're playing Ticket to Ride and you're going to cut someone else's um, thing off, mm-hmm. or whether you're playing uh, uh, Crossing and it makes no sense for you to, to point at someone else's bank because there's more stuff on the mushrooms, do it. Because um, even if you don't win, you're the gamer, right? Yeah. Like, you, you've, you've got loads of games that you're going to play and win. So in my experience of people doing this, it's sometimes ruined my experience of a game because oh, yeah. someone continuously does it and then you don't get to have fun. Well, don't that's fair. You've got to do it once and then you've got to chill out. Yeah, get someone's eye. Get, if you can, get the eye of the entire table by spreading your meanness around. Yes, do one really annoying thing and then relax a little bit and yeah. let them take you down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's that's our, our tips for uh, for gateway gaming, gateway, gateway teaching. Yes, mm-hmm. that, that uh, wraps up our, our topic of the month. Yes, which means that we have just one last segment to uh, to go to. And Jenny, as our as our esteemed guest this month, uh, every, every month we're going to have a, a guest pick a game that they're enthusiastic about and that they want to talk about. It could be old, it could be new, it could be anything. Uh, and and Jenny, you've you've made a, a choice for us, right? Yes, I have made a choice. I thought I would uh, bring Patchwork to the table, a, uh, a really lovely little two-player game mm. where you are um, you, you have a, a whole sort of circle of different shaped pieces uh, on the middle of the table, and you yeah. have your own little nine by nine board mm. which you're trying to fill in, where you you have to to buy these pieces with buttons that are your currency, um, and fit them into your grid, and the person who has the most buttons at the end wins. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you get penalties for having spaces on your board. Yeah, you're trying to fill up your board as much as possible. The theme, such as it is, is, yeah. is, is you're trying to make a quilt. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Um, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a Yui Rosenberg game. Yes. Uh, Uwe? Uwe Rosenberg Uwe. game. 
uh, he's known for his big Euro games like Feast for Odin or, or Agricola. This is probably his smallest game. Um, for sure. He, certainly he, like his shortest. Those games take upwards of two, you know, one, two hours, uh, maybe even longer. Yeah. Patchwork is done in 20 minutes, would you say? Um, yeah, it, can, it depends how. Um, I once uh, taught it to um, some really wonderful people who I think end spending an hour on it just because they were in fits of laughter about how hard they were finding it to understand. <laughs> and it was one of my favorite experiences I've ever had in work. I don't know if I can talk about this on this. No, that's fine. But um, they were just so lovely and they just had such a nice time, like being really awful at it to start and then finally getting it that it was yeah it, it you know you can make it take as long as you want uh, the, the strange turn structure this this game has um yes I've, it's the only game i've ever seen it in really mm. mm-hmm. um is that the person who has spent the least time which is a resource you have it's, it's, it's um uh, spaces along the track towards the end of the game yeah um, yep. if you've spent less time than your opponent it is your turn um, and you spend time in, 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 in you know, zero, two uh, to seven uh, amounts yeah. uh, uh, in individual units. So yeah. what that means is that you can uh, sometimes spend big and then your opponent gets to take lots of small jumps mm. until uh, they, they are ahead of you on the time track and then it's your turn again. Yeah, yes. it's not yeah. the only game that does it. Dragon and Flagon does it. Um, Skies um, of Morocco does it mm. as well. But it's kind of, uh, it's the only one, I think it might have been the earliest. Like, I think those games probably uh, iterated on it. You also have your own board and you don't share it with your, your opponent. Uh, and as you begin, begin to feel increasingly hemmed in, as happens with um, uh, Bunny Kingdom in, in, in the same way, the board yes, fills yeah. up and explodes and, and, and you know... And suddenly uh, you've only got three spaces left, but yeah. you've got a four-piece, the only one you can buy and you have but, to... Oh, no, how do I fit it in? But unlike Bunny Kingdom, that's your fault. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's quite nice. I'm interested to see... Um, have you played Cottage Garden? I never have. Cottage Garden is um, by the same designer as Patchwork by um, Uwe. 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 Um, uh, and it's a very, very similar mechanic to, to Patchwork, except you're making a garden with flowers uh, rather than sewing a quilt. Um, and there are extra beds I think you can bring in. Um, but it's quite interesting to see how this sort of started off as Patchwork and now it's the, the same mechanic has been transferred very, very well, I think, over to a to another game. In, in um, what ways is it different? Um, so you uh, once you have filled in a bed, you move on to a new piece. So you, you I think you move through more boards oh, and you expand your garden further. Interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't played it fully, uh, but I've I've had a I have a good look through it, and it it seems to be very. It seems like Patrick was like the starter, and now cottage garden is kind of a, an expansion on the same um game style same yeah. design so certainly i've not played many of a rosenberg games he's a little uh extra euro for my personal taste but um like uh patrick has been the exception there yeah. but i had heard yeah. that that mechanic had been used in feast Roden as well um yes. so this this huge four-hour game used some of the mechanics Game of, the, of this from... tiny two-player abstract, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is is such a cool story, and I really hope it's true. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh, Patrick, go try it out if you haven't already. It's a lovely little game. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, we just want to touch on some uh, upcoming events and stuff uh, at the Treehouse. Yes, tell me can, all about it. That you can come to uh, uh, as we go on. Um, Patrick, uh, we've got the birthday coming up. Yes. 
This is uh, September 2018 is the first year anniversary of the treehouse. It doesn't feel like a year, does it? Nope, no. It feels like approximately three seconds <laughs> since, since that first day when we were all sat in the cafe popping out bits of cardboard. Oh, and yeah. Prepping the, prepping the game shelves. Pulling, pull, <laughs> pulling wrapping off everything. And, yeah. yeah. What, a, oh, what a day. I, I lost a piece. What is it? It's a, it's a wooden cube. Come on. <laughs> Um, and so we're going to have a party on the night of the 22nd, uh, that's Saturday, the, the 22nd of, of September. We're going to be having a, a, a big party. Uh, everybody's welcome, uh, but you have to buy your tickets online. We're going to have a buffet. We're going to have drinks. You can uh, you get a glass of fizz with your uh, with your ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be having some games tournaments uh, with, with prizes on offer. Uh, more, more news about exactly what the prizes and things will be will be on our Facebook pages and things. Um, but uh, come down. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and if it's anything like uh, New Year's, the buffet is going to be phenomenal. Oh, oh yeah, that, that New Year's buffet. <laughs> oh, man. I still think about that sometimes. <laughs> you reminisce. Oh, <laughs> good times. Harking back. Yeah, but that's not the, not the only thing we're doing for the, uh, for the anniversary. Is it not? Well, no, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> that suddenly got very shilly very quickly. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thanks, Jenny. Sorry, for that, I'll, for that I'll undo that. <laughs> We're also uh, doing something very exciting. Mm. Our very first mega game. Uh, now, if you don't know what a mega game is, it's a, a big game. What? I know. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's a board game, uh, but but uh, on a on a huge huge scale. Rich large. Rich large. Uh, with mm. with uh, uh, a maximum of twenty one people. Teams and and uh, all all these different bits of production design going into uh, this mega game, which is called Bring Them Home. Um, it is created by a group called Treehouse Games. They are not us. They're a, they're a different different group called treehouse yes. I, I have it written down here in my notes it says not us treehouse them treehouse them treehouse <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we know that's that's confusing it's even more confusing on the posters where it says the treehouse and treehouse game <laughs> uh, but, but they're a group based in london they uh, they created this mega game they tested mm. it out last year uh, and they're now um ready to get it started so we are going to run uh, a few uh, a few runs of the game uh, over that weekend, we're doing two on the 22nd, two on the 23rd. A uh, game takes two, two to three hours, uh, and it promises to be uh, a really incredible experience. It's it's a little bit role play uh, in that you're sort of playing a, a part, but you don't play it in character. Yeah, you are you are still uh, interfacing with the mechanics of a game. Yes. Um, everyone just has their own particular agenda yes and yeah. you'll, you'll be on a team you'll be on one of three space agencies uh trying to bring bring back a stranded astronaut and the astronaut is also one of the players one of you Ooh. if you if you buy a ticket you could be selected as the astronaut uh, and you'll be locked in a room on your own um, do, <laughs> doing your best in isolation to not go mad mm. um there's also a press uh, you can you can take part and be be a member of the press, sort of oh. uh, going around asking the hard questions to each of the space agencies, <laughs> making announcements and things. Um, it's going to be amazing. Uh, I'm really really excited. I for am it. very much looking forward to it. Yeah, um, and you can get tickets for that all at treehashsheffield.com. Yes. What else, Matt? Um, well, uh, we've got some more roleplay stuff going on uh, in the future. Um, so not only are we about to embark on uh, Sulkin Season 3. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the adventurers of the, uh, the Protectors Guild um, will be uh, carrying on through a dangerous and savage world. Um, and uh, it promises to be a, a pretty interesting one. We, uh, we have detected... 
over the course of the last two seasons that uh, some of our players are a bit too big for their boots. Yeah, they're, mm. they're really strong, those guys. I mean, they're, they're big heroes, and that's that's fine, but they've got all those weapons and armour and things. I yeah, mean, There's one group I will personally never forgive, and they know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they're making us GMs feel bad, basically yeah. about legitimately uh, they are <laughs> <laughs> about how how you know fundamentally terrible and easy to kill our monsters are. Yeah. Yep. So we've decided to uh, rectify that yep. to get gonna scary. ramp it up. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get really it's gonna scary. get real good. Um, Can't wait. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Uh, Sulkin season three is only open to uh, people who've played uh, Sulkin's. Uh, season one and two, uh, so it's because it's a continuing story. Uh, but fear not, if you are new to to, to role playing, if you haven't been uh, part of one of those groups, there's more on offer, isn't there, Matt? There is. <gasps> we also are introducing uh, over the next few months our uh, custom D and D sessions or t- custom role playing sessions uh, service. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, it is a brand a brand new idea. Um, that no one has ever thought of before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, you are going to be able to book a, a custom role-playing session through uh, the Treehouse website. Whether you choose one of our uh, kind of uh, suggested sessions in, in role-play for uh, you and up to five of your friends, um, or whether or not you want to work uh, slightly closer with one of our GMs to create something that's a lot more uh, y- your particular flavour. Something bespoke. Yes, um, we are going to be offering that, uh, so you can uh, expect to see some of those details coming up on the Treehouse website. Yeah, uh, and and crucially, unlike our, our regular events that, that always happen on Thursday evenings, you can choose the the time that's good for you. Yes, uh, and, mm-hmm. and and tell us when when you want to run the game, and we'll we'll find you a GM, and we'll we'll work with you to, to to pick a time to to make that happen. So it's it's all on your schedule. Um, <laughs> I've until... got some very exciting ideas to pitch. So hopefully. <laughs> Patrick will think they sound good. Do do they happen to include uh, bunny kingdoms? Well, they could do <laughs> if you like. Then I'm sold. Excellent. Very good. Great. Perfect. So, uh, that's about it, right, Matt? Yeah, that's pretty much the end of the show. Um, I uh, want to thank uh, the, the the Treehouse uh, Board Game Cafe for allowing us to have a podcast yeah. on uh, on their name under their name. Um, I. Um, I uh, want to thank uh, Jenny for coming, being being the first game guru to come on the uh, on the show as a guest. Oh, thanks, guys! It's been a fun time. Uh, thanks for coming, and thank you, uh, listener, for uh, taking a chance on a podcast about a board game cafe. Um, it's yeah. uh, it's 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 not the easiest sell in the world, but I I hope you've enjoyed it, uh, and we really want to hear your opinions. Yeah, if you have any feedback on the show, we'd really like to hear that. Uh, you can email us at contact at treehousesheffield.com. Uh, with all of that out of the way, uh, it just remains uh, uh, for us to thank you for listening again and uh, see you next time. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Treehouse Podcast featuring Matt Turner, Patrick Lickman and Jenny Garner. The producers were Matt and Patrick and the theme tune was by Custom Phase. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speaker and nobody else. 